Hello. Knock, knock. Who's there? I am. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to uh, Fort Lauderdale's Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group, Thursday's Alcoholics and God Speaker Series. Um, just to start off, if you need to hit the restroom, it's right up here to the right. Um, and I think we'll kick it off with our joke. Dana, Dana, come on up. Hello, friends. Hello. I am Dana, your alcoholic comedian for the evening. So, heard at meetings. When I was 16, I was trying to act 44. And when I was 44, I was trying to act 16. I'm not sure how, but alcohol made both possible. Hey, well done, well done, thank you. Uh, okay, so I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Tyler. Thanks for joining us tonight. We are packed, uh, so we are about to start our two-minute meditation. So if you can find a seat for those standing, um, silence your devices, make sure they don't make noise, that way they don't distract you or others, and take this time to get connected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away, and ask God to direct to help you and stay focused and direct your thinking, help you um, to stay focused on tonight's uh, step study. And now, is everyone ready? Looks like it. Well, let's start our meditation.
a solution from the big book, page 17. Whoop. Prayer. Oh, we don't have the the slides. I apologize. Let's do the prayer. Does everyone know it? I hope so, because we don't have the slides. Um, All right, so let's let's start with the fog light prayer. Uh, God, let your love shine through me like a fog light, so those who are sick and dying can find your love through me. All right. Mulligan, here we go. There is a solution from the big book, page 17. The tremendous fact for for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out of which we can absolutely agree and upon which we we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries. And to those who still still suffer from alcoholism, I've asked Mike to read the uh, Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience, We read this because the main purpose of the 12 steps is to have one. So it is kind of important to know what one is. Come on up, Mike. Spiritual experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested, it, manifested itself among us in many different ways. Yes, it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experience must be in the nature of a sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, Many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God-consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety, because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes time, place in a few months, could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped into an unexpected inner resource, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than themselves is the essence of a spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly faking his problems in the light of experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. 
He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer, Alcoholics Anonymous, pages 567, 568. So please refrain from uh, talking to others or constantly getting up and going, uh, sitting back down. This is a tech-free meeting, so please set your phone to airplane mode or, or just turn them off. Um, we've been blessed with Paulette the last four weeks. This is week five, step five. Um, this is a packed room. So great to see everyone. Come on up, Paulette. Share your wisdom. <laughs> Trying not to hang myself with. Uh, uh. Oh, yeah, it is a packed room. So many people show up for fifth step. Whew. That's a good sign. <laughs> it's a very good sign. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, grateful to be here tonight. Um, you look marvelous. All of you look wonderful to an alcoholic like me it's a great feeling to look out in the sea and look at your eyes that's where sobriety shines and I'm so glad that I am seeing that reflected back at me so I'm grateful um, yeah, this is, tonight we are on the fifth step I was sharing with my sponsee Lorraine who drove me here um, tonight and uh it takes me a while to actually f feel um, fully affected by the steps when I am doing it. And it happens around fifth and sixth. I don't know what the rhyme or reason is to it. It just is. And I was thinking about that today because I could, I could feel it. And then when I, we got here and I heard we were going to be in the smaller room, I smiled. Because fifth step is really an intimacy, intimacy in which one gets to grow, to know um, whatever power greater than yourself that you have been relying on, even if you won't even say it to yourself yet, it is, you know, and also to another human being. It is that kind of intimacy that an alcoholic like me um, shied away for, from for so long. I don't know about you. I am not one of those alcoholics who, before I got into living this way of life, um, was lovey-dovey. Far from it. I was not one of those um, cuddly types. You've heard my story. You know, I, I drank in dark bars so I wouldn't even see your face to even show that you existed. You were just space. You were taking up a space that I needed. Uh, talk about selfish and self-centeredness. That was my life. So to be see you this intimate at a fifth step meeting is only an, it's, it's an only an demonstration of what we could be like. 
you know, as Fifth Step starts to talk about humility. So let's get into it. It's chock full of things for us to do. This is a program of change. Um, and so this is all about change. So let's get into it, shall we? Um, I am going to do what I always do. I'm going to um, introduce myself the way I was taught to introduce myself to you when I crawled into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, my first sponsor, Philip B., says, this is how you introduce yourself to the people in the room so they know that you are one of them. And he taught me this, and I've never stopped saying it because it makes me know that I am still one of the patients. And, um, and so I want you to know that I am an alcoholic. And I have a home group. And my home group is the one-day-at-a-time group of Alcoholics Anonymous. And my home group is located in Miramar. And my home group meets every Wednesday night at 8 p.m., I am sponsored and I sponsor. And to me, that means the difference between work and working. And I do have a sober date, and my sober date is January 28, 1995, and my name is Paulette. Hello, Hello, fellow travelers. I am so grateful to be here with you at this group, Alcoholics and God. I love the name of this group, by the way, Alcoholics and God. Um, It means so much more to me. And I hope I get to express that before this um, step study is over. I would like to, um, if you indulge me, there are people here tonight who may not have a relationship with the God concept. I would like to encourage you to keep an open mind. Um, Do not be discouraged. What I am about to share with you is my experience, strength, and hope. I do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous as a whole. What I am about to share with you is my experience, strength, and hope using the Alcoholics Anonymous program and how it has effectively changed my life. And so um, I say a prayer, and that is a prayer that was given to me by one of my sponsors, Dorothy H., who passed away. And I ask for your indulgence because Alcoholics Anonymous is not a religious program. It is a spiritual program. And um, so I'm going to say my prayers. And, uh, and it's called a set-aside prayer. And there are many versions of it, but this is one is, is very dear to my heart. And it goes like this, fellow travelers. Dear God. Please set aside everything I think I know about myself. This book, my disease, these steps, and especially about you, dear God, so that I may have an open mind and a new experience with all these things. Please help me to see the truth. And I want you to think about that last word, truth. It's going to be a big part of my discussion tonight, truth. Thank you. So, step five. You know how I do it now, by the way. Listen, man. You got me four weeks trained. 
Look to my right, I got all the steps. I look to my left, I got the traditions. I got the, the fog light prayer. I got everything I need. When an alcoholic such as myself has been spoiled, <laughs> I, don't, I don't adjust quickly when my needs aren't being met. And so I'm still a work in progress, but guess what? I came prepared because I've got the book. And that my sponsor said, if it is not in the book, it isn't AA. So I'm going to read step five from my step book because I have it. And um, what does step five says? Now you know by now why I have to read the step every time before I, I um, stand up in front of you. Because what happens is an alcoholic like me still believe that Bill needs to put another word in it. That should be because it will make it easier for me to follow directions. Because it's not about anybody here. It's not about me. It's about what happens out there. You are the reason why I'm here. That's how I used to think. Okay, so step five says, admitted to God, God as I understand God, by the way, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Now, it could be really simple to an alcoholic like me when, when you read how simply this step is laid out. It is so simple that an alcoholic like me would like to skip it. I don't know about you. I'm talking about me. I stop taking your inventory most of the time. Um, <laughs> but it is written in a way that it, it can be easily skipped. Because it's so clear. Admitted to God as I understand God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrong. So simple. But an alcoholic like me don't deal with simplicity well. You know, it cannot be that simple. But the simple way in which it's laid out, do not be fooled by it. It is subtle. It is direct. It is deep. It can turn your life inside out, but it does not have to scare you. And one of the things that I have learned as I continue to, to work these steps on a daily basis with others is that it tells me, I think of step five like a silent river running underground. You don't know it's there, but yet you do. And the way it runs in my life that it is so subtle and silent. It is just, but it's nourishing everything that is above it. Step five does that for me. I'm going to tell, I'm going to switch. You know how I switch around with the steps. And I don't do it to trick you, by the way. I know some people might think she's kind of tricky. No, I'm not. I used to be tricky. I'm not. Uh, I, I, I do it the way I, that makes it easier for me to get what Bill is asking me to do. I'm very visual, you know, I see things in my mind. And once I can see it, it gives me the motivation to go at it. And that's how I see the steps. So I find ways to do it. And for me, it's breaking it up in piecemeal at a time. And that's how it works for me. But in step five, it's so subtle 
that I want to talk to you about what I get from working step five. If you're an alcoholic like me, and I suspect you are, you want to know what's in it for me. You really do. I like to know what's in it for me. And most of the time I want to say, and I wanted to, it spoke to my heart. As I was speaking, as I was rereading it, the benefits of work in step five. Because I want you to feel the way I feel. I want to motivate you and encourage you to do it. Don't skip it. It could cost you dearly. It could kill you. Seriously. Because of what you can get when you do it. So I want to start with what the benefits are. And I'm going to do it from the 12 and 12. By the way, everyone here should by now have a own a big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and its accompanied partner, the 12 and 12, because that's your text. That's where you find a photograph of you. No joke about that. You know, I couldn't stand Bill, but yet I couldn't stay away from it. Every time I read anything he said in the big book, I cringed. Because I identified. I could, they couldn't have described me more, 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 more than ever. Okay. I'm going to go start right away because there's a lot of it in here. And it's from um, step, uh, I want to start with the page so you can know where to look it up. I hope you're doing homework, by the way. Those of you who want to get better. 57 and 12 and 12. Step 5. What are we likely to receive from step five, Bill asked. For one thing, we shall get rid of that terrible sense of isolation. I don't know about you. Isolation is, was a big part. I told you about my drinking. I was in, in I like dark bars. The, uh, the darker, the better. And it was even better if it had red bulbs give some kind of ambience um, but it was more than that it was so much that I did not feel like I wanted to be a part of you I had to keep you out I had gotten to that point where my interaction with a human being was not desirable I don't know about you but when an alcoholic like me have gotten to that point it's serious because that's not the way I was designed to be so getting rid of isolation, a terrible, Bill says a terrible sense of isolation, by the way. He describes it very well for me. Then he says, alcoholics without an exception. That means there's no exception if you, call, if you, if you have diagnosed yourself. He says, we're tortured by loneliness. I, 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 I love how he describes me. Tortured. By loneliness. All by myself. I did this to myself. And he says. We, we did it by cutting people off. Out of our life. Just like that. And let me tell you something. My, my fourth step inventory showed me. Exactly how I cut you off. Resentment. Quickly. Or fearful, I'm fearful of something you did, or, or I'm frightened about it, and all of a sudden, wrong believing, 
fear pops up. You know, it's caused me to harm you. Get rid of you. Don't take your cause no more. I had this thing, and I took pride in it, by the way, that I could quickly dismiss the human being out of my life. I was very proud of that. I saw that as an asset. I don't know about you. That is a serious spiritual sickness. And then he says, and here's the part that, that got me today, that, like I've never seen it. He says, one of the benefits I would get is gaining true kinship with God as I understand God and you. I had never known what that felt like. I had never dreamed of what that could look like until I came into Alcoholics Anonymous and saw what true kinship with you looks like. I don't know what you think it is, but that kind of relationship where I just care and love, where you just love and care about me because we have a common bond, because we belong to a sense of belonging, to be connected with a stranger that I have never known about the minute I walk into this room. To sit in a room and feel the nearness of another human being and know that I am directly connected to you. Because, and I care about what happens to you. That whatever you go through, I feel it. This is the benefit of step five. Now he says, I gotta get the, I'm going to get that with the God of my own understanding. And I spent some time talking about what care means. In step three, someone, a power who looks out for me, gets out of the way, takes out all the risk out of my way. That gives me that special attention. Now I'm going to get close to that. Have a bond with that. True bond. Nothing artificial here. And then he says, it's, it's a similar feeling that I will be getting all the time. That I am with one with you. This is the benefit of five. I, I, I wish for you, for those of us who haven't joined us in step five yet. I wish for you to feel 10% of what I'm talking about. It simply must not miss this. And then he says... The beginning of a feeling that I am forgiven. Serious. It's one of the things that kept me going crazy, insane, of my guilt and my shame and my remorse, of the harms I've done. I had a beginning of a sense of feeling that I'm being forgiven. This is step five. We got seven more to go. And I'm starting to feel that way. And then he says, here is a kicker that I could forgive you. Somebody said that to me last week at the end of the fourth step with tears in his eyes. He said, I just had this feeling that I was able to forgive somebody after my fourth step shared. It wasn't my message by the way. It's a message from the God of my own understanding. That it's his spirit. 
this is what five, and he wasn't even, he was, went from four to five. And so what happens is, this starts working on you when you start to do it. These are just a few of the benefits from step five that I wanted to share with you. Have I whetted your appetite yet? <laughs> I hope I have. Because you sure, you sure motivated me. So, let's start with the three-part. It's a three-parter. You're going to admit. You're going to admit, okay? And you know we don't do well with that, right? Don't do well with that, but we know by now that we do. Have to do this if we're going to change. By the way, if you're not, spoiler alert, this program is a program of change. Program of change. Remember, we talk about building a house. God, as I understand, God is my architect. And I'm building. I'm the builder. I do the heavy lifting. And God takes care of the rest. We are going to build a new home in which I have to live at ease. And comfort. And contented. And so by, by doing that, now I can make sure that keystone in three, that decision that I made, is going to be permanent. So I must continue. And he talks about it when he says, if I can go back and examine the whole process of the step so far, I can see the goal of the process is to find the truth, the real truth about Paulette. This is what five is about. I am going to know me for the first time in my life, and I want to know what I look like. I am tired of you describing me. And even when I don't even think it's true of, what you, of your descriptions of me, I still don't know for sure. Could you be right? Well, five allow me to be right. Four and five are just like this. Just like three and four are just like this. This is why I've cautioned you because I have to say it loud to myself. You cannot work these steps cafeteria style. This is not a smorgasbord. You can't pick and choose which one speaks to your spirit. You are not that well. <laughs> and so what happens is that we have to work it the way it was designed to work it. So that we can be healed and given the benefits of what each one gives. Because they build on each other. Just like that. And you would be amazed before you're halfway through. And we're not even at nine. And so what happens is he says the process to find the truth. And I'm going to go to the, um, or, um, the other textbook. And this is my experience. And it's not a religious um, a program. It's the, called the Bible. And he talks about in there John. I think it is John 4. Verses 24 says something that speaks to me through the fifth step. It says, he, he says, the Bible talks about knowing God as I understand God in spirit and in truth. Think about that. Remember my prayer, truth. And then he says, and I want to say this to those of us who are still on the fence about the God concept. You can think of God as the truth. You can think of God as the truth. Muddle on that for a minute. Because the whole process of all these steps 
are built on truth. If you think about it. And think about your own process. And so he says here. And here is a, I'm going to do a little quick recap. First step. I understood the problem. I was looking for the truth. The true nature of my disease. That's the first step. Once I saw it, I came to believe in a power greater than myself. That would restore me to sanity, soundness of mind. Sanity is seeing the truth. And that is the truth. And he says here, in step three, I made a decision to turn my life. What is my life? The sum total of my will in action. That is my life. I'm going to turn that over to God as I understand God. And when that is my truth. And then in order to act on the decision in three. I needed to find out what was blocking me from that power. The truth. And so I go into four. Inventory taking. This is another reason why I asked you yes, last week, not to, there's no such thing, dear fellow travelers, as a mental inventory taken. <laughs> we are easily distracted. We suffer from we cannot remember shit. <laughs> we do. So if we don't write it down, it's going to not, we're going to miss the most important part of what could change us. What is blocking me from the God of my understanding? Deep down inside of me is the fundamental idea that there is God as I understand God. Big book says that when he talks about it, I think it's in weedy agnostic. And so what we're talking about, he says, and here is the, re I want to go through the, the heading for all of this. He says in reviewing inventory. He says you put it down. I'm resentful at. The cause is number two. Column two. Self. Very important. The self. My desires. God given desires. He says which part of myself. Caused me to have this resentment. Which part of me was affected. Very important guys. To go understand what five is asking me. Was it my social instinct? Self esteem. Was I frightened? Was it my personal relationship with another person? Remember of the benefits that five gives me. And then he says. Was it my security instinct? That was affected by the resentment. He says, was it, was it material or was it emotional? If you're like me, I was a controlling freak. So I held hostages. <laughs> there was no such thing as relationships. It's not a give and take. My way or the highway. Demanded. Do you know how much... Energy that I sucked from my husband and my son. 
just to get that going. And the minute that they break rank, (laughs) what kind of tizzy it throws me in to get them back in order? That's not a relationship. So I didn't know anything about relationship. So I had to look what part of self was affected by that behavior. I wasn't the one that was depended so much on you as much as I thought. Perception. Big deal in five. Bill calls it distortion. Distorted view of the truth. Me. I'm not talking about you. Remember, I'm not taking your inventory. Then he says, what about the sex instinct? Now, I know a lot of you here that probably don't have a sex life. We ain't going into that. That's between you and God. But every one of us here have had one. And you'll be amazed at when you do a sex inventory, how much of that information affects your life today, even if you are not in a relationship, because of how that is set up. So it does apply to every person who have diagnosed themselves as an alcoholic who wants to live this way of life. So you are in it. And what happened is he says, what part of my sex instincts, myself, remember God gave me this. What was, in, what was affected? Was it one of the ones that were acceptable by society or not acceptable? Have I had a, have, have I had some kind of hidden um, sex life that I was ashamed of. You know, was I one of those women that was, that as I was sleeping around with anybody who said, hello, what's your name? <laughs> you look cute. And there goes my clothes. <laughs> That's not sober behavior. You know, those are things that we look at in five, four and five. You know, I can't make joke about that today, but I had to have really low self-esteem. That somebody just says, hello, and there goes my bra. (laughs) Low. I couldn't have thought of myself highly, could I? And then he says, was it my ambition? Was I sleeping with you because you could enhance my personal or professional life? Was I using my sex as a bartering measure so I could buy the car that I want? Those things affect every aspect of my life. Four and five are that entwined. They're they're intertwined that intricately for me that I can see it and spot it even if I'm not actually doing it. Because I see the patterns of behavior. What I'm looking for, my dear fellow travelers, is patterns of behavior. So it doesn't get me when I'm not looking. See, I have to be vigilant and I have to be honest. Bill says in five, I should be more real. He calls it realism. It means that I must accept the truth as I see it. And be more honest about it. If I can do that. I'm in better chance. Of living. And he no longer calls this a program. 
He calls this in five a design for living. So that's why I don't usually use program. I use a design for living. Because I am living this to the best of my ability. And so then he talks about it and he says, which part of my ambition? Was it social? Did I want to have enhanced my ambition by my social interaction with you? The only reason why I want to be seen with you is because of your social connection. Uh, I guess the, the media, social media does that now. You know? And then he says, or sex or security. You know, I want your millions. We don't talk about millions anymore. We talk about billions. You know, things like that. I am willing to sell my soul at the expense of. That's what he's talking about. I want to step up in my job. So I got to figure out who I've got to sleep with to get there. And then work hard to stay there. And then he says, that's the self. Now in third step. If you remember and you're following along and you're doing your homework and you're talking to your sponsor. Dear God, please don't let anybody here tonight telling me that you're sponsoring yourself. Please, God, don't let them be sponsoring themselves. Because any alcoholic like myself who sponsors themselves is an idiot. (laughs) You need another person. And I'm going to tell you the importance of having another person. Because Billy lays it out in the big book. To tell us which other person, why it is important, and why we need another human being. And everything that man has written down has fit me to a T. It's not original. If you think you are unique, keep coming. And so he says, the self in third, I said I was going to turn it over to God. Because self can't change self. I was like, what? You can't change you. If I could change me, then what would I need Alcoholics Anonymous for? Why would I need a God of my own understanding? So I promised God in my third step decision that he would have self. Because it is all out of shape. Bent far exceeds its proportion, Bill says. So that part of me that, that I have bent out of shape and far exceeds its, its, propor- its, its proportion... Lack of proportion, insanity, has to go to the God of my understanding. So that's none of my business anymore. That's God's business to shape me. Here's where my business is. The fourth column. What is the exact nature of my wrongs? Call it what you will. Because Bill calls it all different ways. Wrongs, defects, shortcomings. What is the exact nature of that, Bill says. And he's saying to me, my faults, my mistakes, all of those things fits under the fourth column. Was I selfish? Was I inconsiderate? You bet your bejesus I was. (laughs) Was I dishonest? Yes, I was. You know how I know? Because I had listed it the way. My father, who left my home when I was eight years old, took all of his material security away from us and left us to die. I resented the heck out of that man. And for years, I carried around that load. 
years because I came into Alcoholics Anonymous in my 30s. And I started to drink in my between 14 and 15. All that time from I was eight years old until I crawled into AA. I was walking around with just that one. Remember, my fourth step list was a book. (laughs) But him, I remembered because he was first. And I walked around with it. And my mother forced me and my two other younger siblings to go visit my father when I was 12 years old because she wanted him to have a relationship with us. And in my resentment, I said to myself, self, I don't know what's wrong with that woman. She's crazy. She thinks I'm going to give my affection to a man who left me to die. And so what I did was, I will play along with what she wants, but I will find a way to get him. Resentment. I was 12. Hadn't picked up my drink, first drink yet. So the drink is but a symptoms. And I go into my father. My father's family has a lot of real estate. A lot of land. They were very wealthy. Still are. And what happened was, he lived in what I call a compound. And he had his own side of the compound. And that was where I was able to go. And what this alcoholic did at 12 years old, I would walk through every room and any money that was left laying around, I would scoop it up and put it in my bag. And I would tell myself, rationalization and justification, that that son of a bitch did not pay child support, now he's paying it. So it's good with me. I don't know about you. That's just one. You see why I have to keep coming. Those things can easily sleep back into my life if I don't stay on it. Because I'm not cured. I just don't behave like that anymore because there's no benefit for it for me because I know the truth. But that's just one resentment. Fear tells me differently. The same thing with fear. I talked about my son. Lack of, I was inconsiderate that I should get pregnant and interfere with my drinking. How dare my son decided to, to come at a time when I was having a ball. <laughs> you understand the selfishness? That's what I'm talking about. So I was not well when I got here. No. And then he says, and here he says, oh, when he talks about it, he says, I'm doing the same thing when he says, same thing for fear, the same column, selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, frightened, inconsiderate, exact nature of Paulette's wrong. That's what five wants. Not my wrongs, the exact nature of my wrongs. Totally different, my dear fellow travelers. The exact nature of of my wrongs is either or all of what selfish fearful or frightened inconsiderate and dishonest let me tell you about my fifth step recently I don't know about you but I'm still living these things because I was not struck white as snow and if I get struck white as snow I got to check myself into a psychiatric facility (laughs) something went wrong because I'm telling you COVID hit, right? I was a resentment waiting to happen. 
but I pretended that I was above it because I have been working these steps for as long as I can remember. This is how my disease is, subtle, insidious. It will tell you you ain't got it. And so it tells me I didn't have a resentment against COVID. Why? Because COVID came and we had to shut AA meetings. You know why? Because we didn't know how to handle something that could kill us. So what happens? I got to go to a meeting on Zoom. First of all, you don't tell me what to do. So that was a tick check. Second of all, I don't like to be on Zoom with an AA meeting. Here is the selfish part. I want to be close to you. I have been raised to connect to you through kingship. I don't know what it is like to not be with you. I can't think of myself not being with you under no circumstances. And so when that happened, all I saw was fear. What's going to happen to me? So I decided I will not go to any Zoom meetings. That was my solution. Except one, my home group. And then I would meet my sponsee on the phone. And I told myself that I was doing exactly what the program says. Rationalization and justification. It's the death of alcoholics like me. And the next thing you know, I was running on empty. And what happened was, one day, I caught myself doing a dishonest act. And I couldn't understand how it happened. Just that fast. But here is the love of this program, the God of my understanding. The same time I committed the dishonest act was the same time that the solution kicked in. The solution says do an inventory and do a fifth step, four and five. Who do I do it with? Because my sponsor is old. I don't want to kill her. Because I don't want to be one of those sponsees that goes to a meeting and raise their hand. Oh my God, I got to talk to you guys. I think I killed my sponsor. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that sponsee. So my, my, my fear comes in. Who do I share this with? I need to be with another person. My home group is located in St. Bartholomew Church. I have been going there since 2006, December. I have never been inside of that church. Except for an AA meeting, my home group. And here's the God of my understanding how swiftly this God works. Immediately, he says to me, go to St. Bartholomew and call the priest. Because Bill tells us who we can use to do a fifth step. It leads me into why I want you to understand. Do not go to an open meeting and share a fifth step. It is, it is the worst thing you could ever do to yourself. People have recovered from doing that, but you don't have to do it. Bill lists who you can your sponsor, because back then they didn't have sponsor, a trusted friend, a pastor, a psychologist, a psychiatrist. People who don't have skin in the game. You know what that means? That's street talk, right? I don't give a shit. <laughs> this got nothing to do with me. You just want my honest opinion, right? 
so I can listen keenly, right? This is what Fifth is saying, right? So I go to the, I call up St. Bartholomew, and I said, I need to see the priest. And the woman says, why? <laughs> you know, and this long story short, I finally had the courage to say, I need to do a fifth step. There are lots of people who are associated and knowledgeable about the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous more than you ever know. And she said, you want to come now? What? Now? I'm not that desperate. <laughs> so I made the appointment the next day. And my disease is talking to me. My disease says, don't go now. But because of constantly being in this program and living it to the best of my ability, I knew better. And I got out of work early and I drove 15 minutes to St. Bartholomew. And I can't make this up, my fellow travelers. I cannot make it up. I walked into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous in St. Bartholomew. And for the first time in my life, in 20, when did COVID? 2020 it happened. I went into the Bartholomew church to do a fifth step with a priest that I've never known. And I forgot that I had a resentment against the Catholic church. <laughs> this is the, the disease I have. It allowed me to forget that. So I wouldn't have to deal with it. But God, as I understand, God allowed me to see that. And use it to my best interest. Care. Care. And go within and I sit into the church. And this little short man comes out. Now I'm five feet eleven and I'm proud of it. And he's, he reached me. He's at my waist. And I said, God, you got a sense of humor. And he comes out and he says, hi, Paulette, come with me. Now, short as he is, he's demanding and he, and he draws. It's a power that is in him. And I go in and I sit with him in this room where you do think. By the way. A fifth step is not a confession. A fifth step is specific. It's going to talk about specific things. It's going to tell, talk about my dishonesty. It's going to talk about my lack of consideration for others. It's going to talk about my selfishness. It is going to talk about how frightened I am. And how fearful. That is specific. It links me back to why I cause harm to others. And so I look at father. His name is Father Andrew. And he looks at me. And when he opens his mouth. Guess what? This Catholic priest is Jamaican. <laughs> I can't make this shit up. <laughs> and I say to myself. This God of mine has got a weird sense of humor. And he says, what do you want to tell me? And I start to tell him about what this honest act I had engaged in and start to connect the dots. And in the midst of my, my epistle, he says, he just stops. And he starts to tell me about him and what he's done in COVID and how dishonest he has been. And, how, and he tells me the true nature of the dishonesty. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, and this is my disease. 
how the hell did he cut me off? This is about me. (laughs) But this is what happens when you don't have skin in the game. People can identify and give you true feedback. So he gives me five pages of forgiveness. And he says, go home and practice this. I have been doing it ever since. That man saved my life. Saved my life. Because a drink is not my problem. It's my thinking. And so five says I need to. uh, Mike, where am I on time? Okay, I'm wrapping up now. Thank you. Five says I got to do this because I want to quickly go through what I'm. He says, I have to tell you one of the greatest gifts that step five has given this alcoholic. It's, it's the gift of humility. And it says what exactly what humility is in the 12 and 12. And I want to read it because I don't want to mess it up. It's that important. He talks about why I have to talk to another human being. He says, it, he says Paulette, because I personalized the, the book. He says, Paulette. This is a chink in the armor of your defense because you think you're better than. You are ashamed of the things you have done. But you need to tell another human being that these are things you have done in your past and you want to work through it. And you need to admit that. You can talk to me because once I talk to God, which is what I did in fifth, one of the things that it gave me was that a consciousness, a new state of consciousness where I knew that I felt the nearness of my creator. When I told God these things that I could tell you right now, it doesn't bother me because I already cheered up years ago or when it happened. And what happened is that these things helped me to be nearer to the God. So I get a God consciousness in, the, in telling God But what I get from telling you is humility. Something I can't buy. Another quality that I can't buy. And he he says here what it is. He says, it's in five and um, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to read it because I want you to read it too. He says, The attitude that I go to God and to another human being is going to be changed. Changed. And he says, another great dividend I may expect from confiding my defects, faults, errors, whatever you want to call it, shortcomings, to another human being. What I did with Father Andrew recently, a couple years ago. He says, the dividend I received was humility. He said, a word often misunderstood. He said, to those who have made progress in Alcoholics Anonymous, what humility amounts to, and here is it, a clear recognition of what and who I really am. Who am I? Selfish, self, self-centered, dishonest, frightened, Human being, that little girl at eight years old that won't grow up, trying to be adult, putting on my pants right, that makes it right. No, 
inside job. This is the inside out. And then he says, this is followed by a sincere attempt. Sincere. No pretense. Can't fake it. A sincere attempt to what I could become. I want to be an honest woman. I want to be less frightened. I want to be more considerate of your feelings. I want all of these qualities. I want to be this woman. How do I become a woman of integrity? Which, by the way, is a principle behind step five. How do I do that? He says, if I do these things by admitting my exact nature, which is, by the way, that fourth column is mine and mine alone. All that selfish, dishonest, frightened stuff and lack of con in consideration of others belongs to me. I am responsible to work on that. And as I continue to live this design for living, I will get a chance each opportunity that I interact with you. The end of isolation. The end of apartness. With you. I am able to see step five manifest itself in my attitude and my behavior. And that to me is a work in progress, but I got to keep doing it. Lorraine and I, I talked about being motivated. Because some of us suffer with procrastination. Slot, the four-letter word. Motivation is the key for me to keep going. And you guys have given me the motivation when you allow me to do this service. And look at me. Thank you for your generous listening. <laughs> I'll go this way. Thank, Thank you. you. Not so many steps over here, right? Uh, another round for Paulette. Thank you so much. Now we'll have David for the secretary report. Come on up. Hi, my name is David, and I am your recovered alcoholic secretary. In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, <clears throat> declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. Uh, there are also QR codes on, on the back of some of the chairs uh, that you could scan uh, if you want to contribute through Venmo. Um, I have asked Tony to come up and read the recovered statement. Hi, Tony. Recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsi responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in the body. We are now saying where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. Okay. Thank you. 
1940s-style big book sponsorship from the forward to the second edition, Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% plus success rate. Uh, is there anyone in the room who needs a sponsor? Um, okay, uh, if, uh, at the end of the meeting, if you could please come up and stand by the piano, someone will come up and, and speak with you. Okay? Thanks. Uh, can I have a show of hands of recovered alcoholics? Uh, Intergroup is where you can buy AA-related uh, literature and medallions. It is also responsible for creating our where and when and, and uh, scheduling the AA hotline. Stop, uh, stop by and visit them. Uh, Broward County Institutions Committee is where is responsible for bringing meetings into places where people like us can't get out to an AA meeting, such as jails, detoxes, and rehabs. They meet Monday, monthly to organize uh, meeting schedules at the 12th Step House. Do we have mem any members uh, of the BCIC committee out there? Yes, I'm an alcoholic and my name is Peter. Hi, Peter. Every second Tuesday, every second Saturday at the 12th Step House. We're in need of bodies. Please come out and support us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Okay, uh, in terms of upcoming service opportunities, I believe there are some flyers on the table. Okay, uh, please join us Monday nights for the Big Book study meeting that happens in this room uh, where the Big Book comes alive. Fellowship starts at 6.30. Big Book study starts at 7.15. Also, we have uh, CDs, mugs, large print books, little red books, and big book dictionaries for sale uh, right up here on the piano. Uh, we meet here every Thursday starting promptly at 7.15 p.m. And, ask that you, and we ask that you be courteous and ready to begin at the sound of the bells. See you next week. Okay, to, to finish it off. No yawning. No more yawning. Um, we have tonight's uh, tonight's podcast. Uh, tonight's speaker. Your, your whole spiel tonight. Apologize on the podcast. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, we we have a podcast. If you would like to check it out, we have tonight's and all prior recordings at alcoholicsandgod.org. Thank you. Got that straight. I was yawning. I think that's what it was. Um, yeah, those who would like to thank tonight's speaker, please line up down the row, and uh, we'll close it out with the Lord's Prayer. Ready? Our, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Leave us not temptation. Deliver us from evil, for thy is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever.
This little 
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go.
plugging my guitar And I play my songs And people sing along And stomp their feet and raise their arms song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye.
Shot it.